Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive-through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Slow balls fall. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Tuesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Oh my gosh. Welcome to the Skitty on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We'll hit some high school hoops. Uh, what's coming up tonight, also fresh off the presses. What is that, next week? Next week's five-county tournament. It is next week, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> this is how time flies. It feels like it should be in a month. Isn't it next week? It is the weekend of the, no, 8th, 9th, and 10th. So that's next week. That is the next Oh, my goodness. A week, yes. Week from Thursday. Yeah. Is the tip-off. So we'll tell you kind of who's playing there. A little bit of an early preview of the five-county. What's going on tonight around the area in high school basketball. Go, uh, go back to the college football weekend uh, rehash, or we really didn't have, to have much to say about OU and OSU because of the time yesterday. Um, so we'll go to go through that uh, with what happened this weekend, what's happened this season, what's coming up, uh, important off seasons. Um, we'll hit some playoff talk. Is it as clear as some people think with the playoff? Is it not? Uh, I don't know. I can't wait to see what you think about this. Who will be five through seven tonight? Could there be a surprise at one of those spots? Uh, and then the NFL. Also, um, the week, what, week 12, week 13? I can't, um, I lose track. I do too. Of what week it is. I think this was week 12. So, yeah, week 12 this week. Right. Just ended last night with the Steel Men knocking off the Colts. That means just, what, five more, five more weeks? Before playoffs start, I think the it's picture, when you can start to see kind of get an idea of okay. an idea of what the playoff picture looks like, who's where, who's um, you know, you can almost start looking who's at matchups in the hunt, yeah, and like when, some important dates, yeah, for for different things, whether that be a a, a division title or uh, games are going to make a difference in tie breaks down at the end uh, for certain teams in that mix. Right now, if the uh, the playoffs started tomorrow, the NFC East, the entire NFC East would be in the playoffs. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. <laughs> like, like it's cra- it's plum crazy. Considering I, like a year what ago, we thought going heck, going into this season, yeah, 
There was question marks around Dallas. I think a lot of people like Philly to win the division. I don't think anybody had them with the best record 11 games in at 10-1 and one and looking like an absolute juggernaut doing it. Um, and then New York and, and the Commanders are, are better than anybody thought. Who do you think is better between those two? Um, I, I would always want to say the Giants – because uh, I think they got better, a better quarterback, better running back. But there's Washington just continuing to win. I don't think it's any doubt it's Washington. Really? Mm-hmm. That defense is finally playing like you thought it would. I mean, that that, that defense, man. You you start looking at those dudes up front. Mm-hmm. Whew. And getting Chase Young back. They're yeah, that doesn't hurt. They're fantastic. The, the 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 Commanders. And here's the thing. It didn't even take a, a great quarterback. It just took him committing to Taylor Heineke to turn this thing around, right? You know, it's all right. Let's uh, let's end the Carson Wentz experiment. Let's just let Taylor Heineke do it. What they were in the playoffs with him two was it two years ago? I think it was two years yeah. ago. Where they even kind of gave the eventual champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers a little bit of a run. Yeah, they did. They had him on the on the ropes. Yeah. So, I'd, Commanders are. We'll, we'll know. Guess what, Jared? We'll know over the next two, three weeks because mm-hmm. the Commanders go to the Giants this week. They get their bye. Then they host the Giants the week after that. So those guys will go back-to-back games against each other. But I don't know if it's going to play out throughout the season that all, all four of those teams will make the playoffs. It feels like Seattle has something to say there out west that might be able to sneak in inside of one of those two teams. But it's been a good year so far. It's the same way kind of over in the on the AFC side. In that Eastern, Eastern division. It's amazing how the East is what the West was thought to be in yeah. both conferences this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is, it's crazy. It's crazy. And we talk about all this, but then – does it feel like there are a lot of contenders outside of maybe Kansas City? You see what I'm saying? So it's like all this, yeah, it's like, okay, it's Kansas City and who? Oh, Buffalo. Well, no, Kansas City, so you think Kansas City, Buffalo, and that's it? In the AFC? Or period? Well, sure. I mean, no, no, no. Super Bowl weekend. Like, Kansas City is rolling. Yeah, but I, I don't think they're any – listen, as good as they are, I don't think they're just some kind of lock to be the AFC's mm-hmm. representative. I think Buffalo still have something to say about that. I can't wait to see what Miami does in the playoffs. What's Tua going to be in the playoffs? And uh, when do they play the Bills? Is that this week? No, nah, Bills got New England Thursday night. Okay, so they've got. I may have been on Amazon this morning. They've got three weeks. <laughs> uh, this this is a this is an important stretch for Miami. We're, we're about to see exactly what Miami's what the, what they're going to be and what they're made of because that's right. I saw this the other night. They they go to uh, the Forty ers this week. They go to the Chargers the week after that, and that will be, <clears throat> you know, that could end up being even though it doesn't look like it right now. That could end up being a game that decides who does and doesn't make the playoffs. With tiebreak scenarios, if the Chargers can get it together, mm-hmm. 
um, and then at Bills. So you're talking about at 49ers, at Chargers, at Bills, three games in a row. Two of those ought to be well. Two of those will be in probably pretty good weather. Who knows about December the 18th in Buffalo? But I, doesn't it feel like Miami is that team? like the Bucks were for a lot of years where they're totally dependent on where they're going to play these games and how the weather is the day of that yeah. of certain games. Yeah. Because if there's one team in, in really either conference that you could see just being completely derailed by a bad weather day, I feel like it's them. Not just because they're, they play in Miami, which doesn't necessarily – you don't know how, how they'll adapt to the cold, but also because of their style. You know, you catch a you catch a cold, windy day in Cincinnati. That feels like that's a bad break for for the Dolphins. Can they run the ball? Can they play defense? Can they can they eke one out in bad weather? Or if they have to go to Buffalo, you know, in round one. Yeah, that seems like a horrific spot for them to have to go. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe they're tougher than 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 I think they are. I, I can't wait to see though because man. You start looking around. Do you trust Baltimore? Gosh, no. they showed that stat, <laughs> the leads that they've blown. I mean, Baltimore could be right up there with Kansas City, just closing games. And they haven't been able to. God, they dropped three touchdown passes for Lamar the other day. It was the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. Cincinnati? Eh. Doesn't Cincinnati feel like Cincinnati of last year? Kind of. Just kind of hanging around. <clears throat> you know, the Jets. I mean, Joe Burrow in the playoffs, he's just go, oh, I've done this before. I mean, that, that game against Tennessee was almost a carbon copy of the divisional round last year. Right. Just kind of hang in there, hang in there, make one more play than Ryan Tannehill, and up we beat him. Yep. I, I still – you know the team that it still feels like is going to get it together? And they could be, and and we know that they play the Chiefs good. The Chargers. Yeah, that would be something if they could put something together. It'd make I mean, me, it'd the, make me feel good because I've been a big Herbert fan. Those but. quarterbacks have those since Herbert's been the quarterback at the Chargers. They played one score games every single time, twice a year in their division. Like they're right there. They're right there, close. If I'm a Chiefs fan, I don't know how excited I am to see Herbert roll into to Arrowhead. At the same time, is it one of those things like with Lucy and, and Charlie Brown? He thinks <laughs> yeah. he's close and just she moves the ball every single time. Right. He never gets to kick it. But you got to think at least, and especially if you're a Chiefs fan, and they're coming to town when it matters. And we haven't seen them in the playoffs. Yeah. As much love as Herbert's gotten – for his regular season prowess at a young age, we've never seen him in the playoffs. And you know why? Because they haven't really necessarily been clutch. Now, is that Staley, the coach, or is that Herbert, the player? You know, yeah. they, they're both going to share in that blame a little bit because it's the quarterback and the coach. Yeah. But So what's more wide open? Oh, the NFC okay. by far. You almost talked me into thinking, well – <clears throat> Maybe it's not just the Chiefs and the AFC. Chiefs and Bills. Yeah. Bills look more prone to get beaten the first round than the Chiefs do, obviously. But Yeah, but we know the Bills can get there they, or, and can play the Chiefs stuff, too. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's won there this year. On the other side, oh, my gosh. 
It's got to, who do you trust? If I said, all right, Jared, right now, I saw this online, so I'm going to ask you. I'm going to give you combinations of the division leaders. Actually, it's not even the division leaders uh, of the of the top four records. And I'll give you the best two as a combo. I'll give you Philly and the Vikings. That Do you trust that combo more, or do you trust Dallas-San Francisco? <clears throat> uh, you're really asking me one team versus another team. Because I don't trust Minnesota, and I quite frankly don't trust Dallas. But man, you're asking me to trust Hurts in the playoffs. How could you trust Philly? I almost trust 49ers more. They've proven more. They've, Jimmy G has proven he's more. He's proven more. Think about this. Outside, as far as quarterbacks that would be in the playoffs, or at least, I'm, I'm not when it, basically, I'm not counting Aaron Rodgers because they're four and eight. They're on the way outside looking in. Oh, yeah. So outside of Tom Brady, think about this. Your next choice is. Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, Taylor Heineke, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Where do you go? <laughs> Maybe I Gino. Make, I, uh, you in, almost want to go Jimmy G because he has he has the resume in the playoffs. And not only that. You could probably make an argument between San Francisco, Philly, maybe even Dallas, as far as the supporting cast. Offensively, for sure, Philly and, and San Francisco. Maybe even Minnesota there with, with the weapons they have. I think they're a little step above what Dallas has. Defensively, it's where Dallas will make up some ground on most teams. But not only the not only the quarterback of those non-Tom Brady teams – that you'd want to trust or has proven the most is Jimmy G. That roster is probably the best. With what San Francisco's got. What they brought in, yeah. I think a lot of people, once it gets down to in matchups, obviously if you're one of those wild card teams, if you're Dallas, New York, Commanders, Seattle, maybe the Falcons if they win a few in a row. But really, it's just kind of those guys. It's really just those until somebody else shows up on the scene. The last thing you want to do is find yourself in that matchup with San Francisco, in my opinion. Yeah, that's why I keep looking at if the playoffs end today Dallas as, is a, at as a Dallas fan, where, where, Tampa. and then what their path could look like. Well, and then and it right just now depends on who wins. NFC champ, if it ended today, am I right? Huh? Uh, if 49ers and Dallas, if they if they were to meet, it would be in the NFC championship. Depending on what happened. At, I mean, at at it, candlestick, I mean. I mean, I mean uh, cuz things can change. I mean, as far it would as take you back d- depending point. on who wins. How fun would that be? In a, a Dallas San Francisco NFC championship game? Doesn't that take you back? I don't know how much fun it would be. Well, (laughs) 
it'd be a redemption a long waiting for Dallas fans. But no, yeah. that that'd be but that's where I always look though, Mike, cuz that's the one team. Well, with know, Dallas I don't know if I if I'm very comfortable as a Dallas fan going to Tampa Bay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, please. With the way week 1 happened. <laughs> please give it to me. Yeah. Course it through my veins. But again, I don't know how comfortable team. I am as a Dallas fan to go anywhere. Would you rather go to Tampa or Atlanta? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it, can I say Atlanta? Well, I mean, would you rather go to Tampa or Atlanta? Uh, I would rather go. I'd rather go to Atlanta. I'd rather go there. Listen, I mean, it's it's the goat in the playoffs. I don't like the storylines. That was a big loss for Atlanta against the Commanders. They needed that one, and they fumbled it away right at the goal line. I think conventional wisdom would tell you you'd rather play Marcus Mariota than Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. But yeah. But I don't think it's a slam dunk as – because Tampa's so hurt, man. Golly, they're hurt. Tristan Wirfs going out looks like that that might be the end of him this year. I mean, you, you could make a you could make a pretty easy case and find a pretty easy scenario that by the time that game would happen, the Dallas defensive line would just envelop Tom Brady with pass rush with a hurt offensive line. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You could see that that developing. At the same time, I don't know how much. I'm, there's still that, oh, my gosh, it's Tom Brady on the other side. I get it. It'd need to be a game that wasn't that, that's what wasn't hanging in the balance at the end because I think we all know how that goes. It kind of reminds me of, like, okay, what's this remind you of? You go to a perennial power that's having a down year. You're up 14 in the fourth quarter. And then uh, a really good quarterback leads them back to win. Well, until this year, you'd feel confident as a Dallas fan considering they'd never blown a 14-point fourth-quarter lead in the history of their franchise until this year, until Green Bay. But, but you see where I'm going. Would you rather see a Marcus Mariota in that situation oh, or a for Tom sure. Brady? You'd rather see Mariota. For sure. There's no doubt about that. But and, it is Dallas and the playoffs, like I said, any place they go would make you nervous. Yeah, I don't know. Getting more confident in the Cowboys. Are you? Yep. I was happy to see Dak overcome a couple of interceptions and turn around a bad first half and turn into a good second half. Mm -hmm. I was happy to see CeeDee Lamb look like a number one wide receiver. He kept trying to pull out Odell catches, I think, to recruit him to the Cowboys. Maybe that was it. What about that? Do do you want him? What's what's going on there? Guy seems like a joker. But it worked for L.A. last year, up until his knee popped. Oh, well, it worked. Well, besides his knee popped. That was looking but, like a blowout in the Super Bowl until he got hurt. That's true. And all of a sudden. That's true. Anywho. You but, know what's I funny mean, about the NFL? Do, it's almost that begs the question, do they need him? Well, it begs the question to me, if you think you need him, why in the hell did you trade Amari Cooper for a fifth rounder? Yeah, that's true. You know what's funny to me about the NFL right now? So last night, you watched the game last night? I had it on while I was working on your basketball setup, yeah. So Jeff Saturday, 
Well, a lot of people don't like that he's the coach of the Colts right now because he never coached. I get it. Da da da. He also was on the same team with one of the best clock manipulators at the end of the game in the history of football, Peyton Manning. So a lot of people are going crazy about how he mismanaged the clock last night. Okay. Down the stretch, Matt Ryan takes off for a quarterback run as he's flushed out of the pocket, runs all the way down to third down and three, which a lot of people were like, wait a minute, he never was touched. Did he slide or did he did he give himself up because he went kind of head first? Anyway, and Jeff Saturday doesn't call a timeout and gets the, gets everybody back up and runs another play with 40 seconds left on the clock, all three timeouts at his disposal. And, of course, immediately, because the play doesn't work, yeah. he should have called timeout. Right, because that play didn't work. Because that play didn't work. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, let's pretend like he did and the play works and he scores a touchdown. What's the first thing you hear people saying? Oh, he's a great coach. No. You hear him going, well, why, did, why didn't he waste more time? Uh, why didn't uh, he run yeah, the clock yeah, now? Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, the, the, big, the, the, the thing that frustrates me more than anything right now in the NFL, and maybe even college to a certain extent as well, which we'll get to, is the fact that plays don't work now, say, now mean in, in the NFL, we, we talk about Mahomes and how you've got, you're going to have to start doing things differently with the clock at the end because Mahomes is such a wizard at the end of those games. Mm-hmm. And now Jeff Saturday does that. I mean, the, the whole goal of what he's doing is to score a touchdown to send, or, or go for two, one of the two, either win the game or, or send it into overtime with the, the least amount of time left on the clock for Kenny Pickett to go back and win it the other way. And then that, that's what everybody's whole mantra is in the NFL right now. Do that, do that, do that. And then when Jeff Saturday does it and people are mad at him because of the way he got the job, now he's mismanaging the clock. When he does, ex- when he's doing exactly what everybody wants all the other coaches to do, but because the play didn't work, he's now mismanaging the clock. Miss me with that crap. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is ridiculous. You're, you're talking about a dude that that snapped the ball for one of the greatest time managers of all time. You don't think that he didn't understand how to how to manipulate the clock? Do you think did he just get CTE and forget about it? <laughs> Between playing and, and coaching? Of course not. Of course not. But because the play doesn't work, and then, of course, they immediately call timeout on uh, on fourth and three or whatever. But now he's misman- He's not mismanaging the clock. Just the, wrong, the, the play didn't work. If anybody on, if any, if any coach outside of probably Belichick, and I know he's only coached three games, but with his experience – and playing with who he played with and being a center who has to know all these things at the same time as the quarterback, don't act like he doesn't know how to run the clock and manage the clock. Give me a break. That drives me crazy. As soon as that play got stopped for no game with Jonathan Taylor, who, by the way, had been running up and down the field pretty good in the second half against the Steelers, as soon as it gets stopped, he calls timeout. Now it's fourth down. Oh, Jeff Saturday doesn't know how to manage the clock. Get out of here. Seriously, get out of here. If anybody does, it's him. Because he was privy to snapping the ball to the guy that managed the clock as good as anybody has ever managed the clock in the history of football. It's just because he he is who he is. That's and they, right. They claim that they being 
media media type type and it's and of course it's the one and of course it's the media's the media types that thought it was a travesty that he got to get the job in the first place right that the that the uh, the 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 hire was atrocious trying to make themselves look smart that's right that's exactly right we told you this is a bad hire now look he's mismanaging the clock no he's not no, he's not. It's not even a hire. It's an interim <sighs> tag. Anyways. Hey, it's the Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street here in Elk City. Paul Jones Drug is the oldest compounding pharmacy in Elk City. We'll tell you all about it when we come back. College football talk as well right here on the Skinny Young Sports. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust the skinny on sports what in the wide wide world of sports is going on here welcome back skinny on sports 98.1 fm the sports animal paul jones drug tuesday as i mentioned rodney at paul jones drug care you can trust with free delivery in the elk city area you can do drive-through pickups curbside curbside testing and vaccinations They've got your long-term care unit packaging. It's called blister packs. Also, and we talk about this every Tuesday, convenience packaging. What does that mean? Well, it means no more need to have your little pill caddy out. We all know, if you don't know what the pill caddy is, it's the fishing tackle box looking thing that has a day of the week on the front. It's got a few compartments vertically from there, and you put your pills in it. You know, you can have like a three or four compartment down to a one. You can have a weekly one as well. But you've got to you've got to put and load your pill caddy with the pills manually and make sure you have the right ones on the right day and the right dosage and all that. A little bit of a chore, I would say. Not with Paul Jones Drug. Convenience packaging means they individually package your daily meds. So all you have to do is open the package, swallow the pills, boom, you're on your way. Really, really nice stuff there. Uh, for Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main in Elk City. Paul Jones Drug, care you can trust. Give him a call, 580-225-2121. Did you have something, or did you find what you were looking for? I found I was right. I was wrong, as usual. Well. <laughs> Verdon. Oh, okay. Did start with a V. All right, Jerry, we talked a little bit about OU and OSU uh, over the weekend yesterday. And before Jim came on with us, I asked him this question. I want to ask you: Which school had the most had the more disappointing season? And then, which school underachieved more? It could be the same one. It could be different. But start out with disappointing. Which school had the more disappointing season in your mind? Well, based on my preseason picks, I obviously my answer would be OU. I, I thought they would continue to win and win at a high level and, and you know, be in a better spot than at this time of the year than um, where, where they're at. So, 
that's the obvious answer is disappointing. But as far as underachieving, I would say OSU because let me look up my because I kept the receipts. I, I'm I'll own up to it. I had them finishing at ten and two on the year with a couple of losses in conference. So I uh, and you know and what what I have them. No, I did not. I had OU and Baylor in the championship. Um. So most disappointing, the clear answer is OU, uh, underachieve OSU. Yeah, see, Losing I'll, four of the last five, I didn't see that one coming. That's where I think you're uh, – I've got it flipped. Oklahoma underachieved because Oklahoma has a better roster than every team in the Big 12 outside of Texas, year in and year out. And for that staff to only be able to muster a six and six record is bad, and for those players as well, because I, there, I think there's blame that goes both ways. Now, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things that go into that. I, I mean, here's the expectations are to me what where you kind of find underachieving teams and expectations at Oklahoma are always going to be at the highest of levels because of what they've done in the past and what they recruit and all that. But expectations looking back, and I wish I would have said this at the time. I think a lot of people had so much happy juice flowing through their veins after what happened a year ago yesterday with Lincoln Riley taking the USC job and the scorn that people felt. And then getting caught up in the emotion of Brent Venables coming back and how much they, and how much the, the fans loved the idea of that. And failed to recognize two things. One, just exactly where Oklahoma was a year ago. Some 11 and 2s are, are, are made differently. And that 11 and 2 a year ago was made completely different than, some other, than, than, uh, than others. Because without some good fortune, some good coaching, and a once in a decade or so quarterback, that eleven and two is looking a whole bunch more like this six and six, maybe not to that depth. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that, but that eleven and two turns into seven and four, or, or, or uh, I'm sorry, eight and five, nine and four, something more along those lines. Without Caleb Williams' wizardry in the Texas game, in the Kansas game, and who knows how many others. My point is, OU fans lost the forest for the trees because they were blinded by their Lincoln-Riley hate and their Brent Venables love. No one from the media, from the fans, from you and I both, who picked them to be in the Big 12 title game. That, that When you look back at what really was happening coming in here, 
That was silly. That was absolutely silly. They lost the guy that's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner just off last year's team. Last year's team that should have, that should have never just had two losses, by the way, if you really looked at what happened. They lost the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. They lost eight starters on defense. They lost almost 70, 60% of the, of the rest of the roster. Does that sound like a conference title winning team to you? When you think about it in those terms? Of course not. But everybody wanted to believe because it was good versus evil, right? Brent Venables was good. Lincoln Riley was evil. And the expectations were monumentally too high for what was really coming back on this team. And we're seeing that. We're seeing, I think in a lot of ways, this is a perfect storm to get the program gutted but back on track. Beca- it's going to take years. Be- uh, not, that, I, I think it's going to take years. I don't years. think it is going to take years. I do. Why? Oh, oh the, the only difference between this team and last team was Caleb Williams. Caleb, what I'm saying is it's it's good that he well, left. Caleb Years is a once-in-a-decade player. Okay, but, like. but Oklahoma's also had Jalen Hurts is masking right. him. That it, well, Jackson Arnold is here next year. Now I'm not telling well, you he's, he's a great be, quarterback, but I don't think it's going to help turn around. That's to get all back. the difference is between this year and last year. It's a couple of plays a quarterback makes, and then Oklahoma's lipping into the uh, with two or three losses. It's not as dire from a record standpoint, but it is if you start thinking about really being one of the top three or four programs in the SEC with a roster with depth on the defense and you know what I'm saying from that standpoint yeah, yeah it's going to take it's going to take years or, that's why I say that or it's going to take portal I mean let's let, let, let's not let's not forget USC's 4 and 8 a year ago they brought in 27 transfers so it can be fixed faster than it used to be able to be fixed in the short term. But does that give you long-term success making the change at the top and also with the conference you're going into? I think it's a huge blessing in disguise from a long-term perspective that OU had this season and Caleb Williams didn't decide to stick around and stay here and mask all these deficiencies that are clearly there. You could kind of kick the can down the road, right? When you go, oh, golly, our defense sucks, but we're playing in the playoff every year. Right? Sure. So there was yeah. never really a, a concerted effort to actually fix it. Now there has to be because now you it's plain as day what the pro you're seeing them and it's affecting the win loss column which as before listen these defensive problems aren't brand new to oklahoma are you kidding me they've been there for a long time right but it's easy to kind of go you know sit over there in the corner bad defense we've got good offense here and we're making the making the playoff we should have beat georgia had georgia on the ropes that damn riley didn't squib kick we had them. The problems still weren't fixed. 
and they weren't going to be fixed under that regime. It was going to be win one certain way. And now you get to see exactly the depth of the defensive problems when you've got a guy that threw for 30 interceptions or 30 touchdowns and six picks and everybody's up in arms about him because he can't he can't make up for the crappy defense. That's a pretty good year. Pretty good quarterback. That's right. But he wasn't that guy to make up for those pro- to to be able to erase all those problems to having and having a season in the win loss column like Oklahoma fans are used to. So that's where I think the underachieving comes. If on OU side, Jackson Arnold um, doesn't flip and enrolls in this, or January, it, will there be a quarterback battle in the spring? I don't know that. I don't know that there's going to need to be one. Are you a hundred percent sure Dylan Gabriel is going to come back? No, that's a good point. You can't be certain about you anything. can't certain about anything. That's yeah. right. <clears throat> that's right. Now let's go to disappoint. See, to me, Oklahoma State season was so much more disappointing than Oklahoma's. Because Oklahoma State actually was good at one point. Oklahoma State is five and zero, up twenty four to seven, with about six uh, four minutes left in the first half against TCU. Yeah, that TCU that's now going to be number three tonight. Had them on the ropes, about to knock them out, and they couldn't get it done. And then injuries piled up. And they go from 5-0 and up three scores on the road at TCU. As, by the way, like the number six team in the country, six or seven, eight, one in there. Yeah, somewhere on there. A top ten team for sure. With, with about to be what would be the only, loss, the only loss on TCU's schedule to seven and five. And some of it was out of their control, but some of it was. Injuries played a part, but... Injuries played a part, but you know what else played a part? Along with the injuries? Poor recruiting after all these years. You know, we always wonder, when's it going to catch up? When's it going to catch up? Well, it caught up this year. And and another thing that caught up was, you know, Oklahoma State, of, of anybody in the country a year ago, the super senior, the COVID, it all was a perfect storm on defense for those guys to all be there with a coach that was willing to coach the way that Jim Knowles was. And that was, he was willing to scrap everything at halftime. He did it at Bedlam. Completely scrap the game plan because Kayla Williams has taken advantage of your aggressiveness and rush three, drop eight. It It went against everything in his being to do it but he had guys that were smart enough to be able to do it too. How many times did we see that last year where the, the the experience of not only the coach but also the players, and a lot of it's because you had guys that were there for five and six years. It was just a perfect time. And then this year you saw that it wasn't. You know, you, you saw that it – you saw that it just wasn't, and that that's what's scary for Oklahoma State is if what you're hearing out of Mike Gundy's mouth is true, and God, you got to hope it's not. But if you're what you're hearing out of his mouth is true, and he's not going to really even look to use the portal to a keep his own. He's not, he's not, he's talking about not even having conversations with his own guys about their future. 
Just letting them talk to their parents or talk to their representative? What? What? Yeah. That sounds like a coach that's not connected to his team. It sounds like a coach that's not connected to reality. The reality of what college football is. Listen, I want it to be the 1980s. Also, when every game's played during the day, there's no lights. I want it to go back to that. That'd be great. It ain't. It ain't going back to it. It's over. It's over. And so it's it's almost either adapt or get left behind. And and especially at a, at a school like Oklahoma State that isn't recruiting at a level even near what they should be with the results on the field. So that in turn means is you're going to have a hard time just filling your 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 squad with high school kids. You're going to have to use that portal to your advantage because here's the problem for Oklahoma State. As we've seen with really good coaches on Mike Gundy's staff, Oklahoma State is a is a great job to have, but there's better jobs out there. Jim Knowles proved that a year ago. Players are the same way. Oklahoma State's a a great place to be, but there's another step up or two, and we saw that as well with Jarek Bernard Converse, with Tanner McAllister going to LSU and Ohio State. So the portal is going to taketh in Stillwater. And so you have to have the portal giveth in order to maintain the level of success that Oklahoma State has enjoyed since Mike Gundy's been on campus. And then, oh, by the way, a chance to really even flex your muscles more in two years when you are the perceived biggest dog in the in the fight. But that's what you're almost about to give up is your place at the top of that hill because you're not willing to use the portal. You're not willing to adapt to what modern college football is. Look at the current – some people buy into this and some people don't. But the 24-7 sports current rankings for OSU in recruiting, I'm sure you've seen it. 69, that's right there with Florida Atlantic, who's 70. East Carolina, who's 68. Western Michigan, 67. Central Michigan, 60. Campbell, Campbell University is recruiting at a higher level currently. According to this, they're at 65. That's got to change. And you'd think with all the winning seasons that has happened in Stillwater, going to the Big 12 title game last year, going to the Fiesta Bowl, winning it, that it would that, that doesn't it, that tell you that should help in recruiting. Like, look, hey, we go to these big games. We win at a high level. We've been doing it year in, year out. We have the winningest coach in program history on campus right now, and he's not going anywhere. Why hasn't it changed? Why hasn't it? It's hard not to point. The facilities are great. It's hard not to point the finger straight at Mike Gundy and that his recruiting philosophy hasn't changed with the times. It's hard not to, right? Yeah. And, and, I, and I, listen, and I understand there's there, there's some there's something to be said about kind of knowing your place. And, and I don't mean that in a harsh way. I mean, if you're Mike Gundy, am I really going to go after the, the highest of the high guys when I when I think I'm wasting my time, right? Knowing I'm not going to get this guy. He's a guy that's 
He's from the state of Louisiana. He's a five-star linebacker. He's going to stay in the SEC somewhere. So right. why waste my time when I can go get this three-star guy out of Beggs, Oklahoma, who I can develop into a star? Sure, sure. And you, you hope that that's it. Could it be this? And I just got this text, and I had, I've had the same thought myself. There's no doubt that they've, been, they've had success at Oklahoma State from a developmental standpoint. It hasn't been recruiting rankings. It's been, quote-unquote, finding the diamond in the rough and cultivating that to mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. But what, 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 does that, what, what does that do in the, in the minds of people? Does that not in the minds of people make them think you're a better coach? Right. So is this deliberate? Is, is this an ego thing for Mike Gundy to go, watch this. I can take these low classes and win the Big 12. Or I can take these lower-rated classes and be the second-best program in the, in the Big 12 for this decade. Look at me. Look at us. Is there some of that in there, too? Which you hope not. But there sure could be. There sure could be. Yeah, same makes a point, and I, th- I think this is – you heard this from Jim yesterday uh, in Brent Venables himself. I think a lot of the portal uh, naysaying by Venables in his press conferences is all talk. Uh, and I think the proof is, you know, he's, he's starting to mention portal. He's starting to mention JUCO. They've already got the guy from Notre Dame coming in on the defense. They got a JUCO guy, didn't they? Yeah, I think I think you're going to see Oklahoma use use that – more than he was wanting to let on originally. And that probably goes uh, twofold. One, I don't think you can stand up there in this press conference and say, heck yeah, we're going to use the portal as you've got a team that you're trying to motivate to win games to be able to get bowl eligible. Right. That makes sense. And then he, surely he's not dumb enough to realize when you look out there, you need more guys. You need better guys to be able to, to do what you want to do. So uh, that is that does seem like a good sign. And, do you uh, think his message – in we? I know we got to talk high school basketball, but do you think his message of what he said about players opting out in the bowl game is did that get to the locker room? Because a lot of them were asked, "Are you going to play in the bowl game? Play in the bowl game?" And some are more optimistic than pessimistic about it. Oh, I think that I think it's a huge thing for a huge positive, at least from a team's building type of standpoint, that you see Marvin Mims and Braden Willis and those guys talking about how heck yeah we're playing in the bowl game because that means. That means there's not deep-rooted underlying problems where he's losing these guys. Right. They still believe in him. They, they st- now, you know, there's been some changes, and Marvin Mintz talked about it a bunch, about how different things are expected, so it's kind of a learning curve to lead. But there's the, the belief in what he's doing is clearly still there if these guys are going to play. There's no sense in Marvin Mims playing in a bowl game. No matter what – I mean, unless, I guess, unless he's for sure coming back to Oklahoma – which would seem like the least likely option that he's got. But that's a good sign. It's a darn good sign that he's still got those types of guys in his corner, for sure. Yep. Because not only are they some of the better players of the year, but they also seem like some of the better guys that are on that team. The leader type guys. Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll come back, talk high school hoops next. Skinny on sports right here on the Sports Animal.
Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Wrapping it up here on a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug. Uh, we talked about all the, the medical stuff they've, they've got. Walkers and canes and crutches. Insurance, most insurance accepted. We've also got some really cool gifts and greeting cards down there. So, you know, this is kind of that office Christmas party time, maybe some dirty Santa type games. Be a perfect spot to go down and pick up your gift uh, for that. Paul Jones Drug, Rodney Skinner, 809 North Main Care, you can trust right here in the Elk City area. You want to talk about tonight or you want to kind of dive in a little bit to this five county bracket? I love it. The five county bracket. All right. So I found this five county bracket on the Arapahoe Butler School website, which what? they are the host. I feel comfortable. Seems pretty official. That this would be it. The, the right, plus, it says 2022 five county tournament. That on helps. It. I mean, that, I feel like it's the right one. And so, uh, when you look at it, some interesting. Listen, there, there's a there's a couple girls and boys first round matchups. Girls, I'm gonna. I think there's two first round matchups that'll be interesting. Where we've yet to to see what merit it actually is. So it's hard to tell. With and Cheyenne played uh, uh, Hydro Tough, so that could be a third one. But Leedy and uh, Arapaho Butler, Canute Sentinel, and then maybe Merritt Mer- and Cheyenne as well. Those are for the first round. Those aren't bad. Then you look ahead to Friday. If it if if seeds would hold, you get Hammond Arapaho. Canute Merritt on the girls' side. It's pretty, it's a pretty good evening of basketball there. In the semifinals, down on the boys, uh, the one that pops out to me immediately is Canute Merritt. See what the Oilers are. Canutes had some good ones, had some bad ones. Sentinel Cheyenne, and then also Hammond and Arapahoe Butler. So you're looking at if the seed sold to be Arapaho, Sentinel, Canute, and Leedy in the semifinals. That's I mean that that that'd be a lot of fun, and and it does seem like there's always kind of one real barn burner in the first round that could be an upset. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. It just kind of depends. Uh, but uh, good stuff, and this is one of the best basketball tournaments there is. This is. You know, for the small schools, I know I at least have been so football centric. It's hard to even realize basketball had started. A lot of these smaller schools, I mean, they've played by the time this by the time this week is over, you're looking at eight to ten games already in the under the belts of a lot of these teams. Mm-hmm. You only end up about thirty, so it's like a third of the season. And then you get that first third of the season measuring stick here going into the Christmas break with the five county tournament. It's, it's awesome. I, I can't wait to kind of see how this thing develops. Yeah, this is always my favorite, one of my favorite tournaments outside the state tournament. <laughs> this tournament right here is is 
stacked. Can't wait. And it's three days, so a lot compressed in there in, in those three days as opposed to a, a full week long. And a great venue, too, over there in Arapaho. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you know what the best part of this whole bracket is? What's that? You still have to win to get to Saturday. Yes. There's none of that. There's none of that eighth place game. You still have to win a game to be able to play on Saturday. I love it. Right. I absolutely love it. And from what you've kind of heard through the grapevine, maybe, some different ways. Could be it. Is this it? And that's not official, but from right. what I've heard. Possibility, this, anyhow. This could be its swan song. So, I mean, this thing has gone on for a long time. A little bit. It's funny how all these these things are kind of coming apart at the same time. You know, who's going to win the last bedlam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who might be able to, to claim the, the last five-county title, if that is what ends up transpiring? We've got games tonight. You happen to know those off the top of your head? Well, I know Canute's at Visai. I know it is – is it Hammond and Cheyenne? Yep. Uh, go to yep. Paragon. Cheyenne at Hammond. You got it right there on the side. If you go to Paragon TV, there's a schedule. Uh, yes. So Eric is at Sentinel – Mentioned Canute and Visai. Hollis' first game is today, tonight. They host Blair. These are all Paragon TV schools. And Leedy at Sharon Mutual, yeah. And Cheyenne at Hammond. So that's that's on the docket tonight. Are you going to watch soccer today? Um, I might watch the score on my browser right I mean, basically, USA, they have to win. They can't tie. They have to win to get to move on to the knockout stage. That's as, as much as I know. And they play Iran. They do. What do you think the order is going to be tonight in the uh, college football playoff? Go through seven. Or go through eight. Go through eight? Mm-hmm. Hold on here. I wrote down five through seven, so I got to get my ducks in order let's go with um georgia michigan tcu sc ohio state five alabama six i just needed seven i'm sorry and uh you know tennessee right there seven why not i think they're better than penn state even without their quarterback I think there's a real chance that uh, Ohio State stays at four tonight. You know, I was thinking about that. The If it was Michigan losing, I'd say, okay, their playoff chances are done. But because Ohio State lost, doesn't it feel like they? it still feels like they're, they're right there in the mix of things? Oh, one million percent. Right. But if it was the other way around... Uh, I think they'd because still be. Of, because we've talked about how schedule. the schedule isn't very good for Michigan. But the well, way Michigan looked against Ohio State, they looked really good. And the way that everything happened, too. No, you know, Clemson losing, LSU losing. So that, that yeah. I mean, there's still plenty to talk about here. Uh, here's why I think it might be Ohio State 4. Because I, I think that committee ranks teams in a way to build excitement for the week coming, for the weekend coming. Yeah, I could see that. So you, 
of course now ESPN doesn't have the do they weight losses like like you've lost okay Michigan or Ohio State beat or uh, Michigan beat Ohio State and there's Michigan at 12 and 0 but then there's Utah who who edged by USC and they're there at 9 and 3 think that matters I really just think they used the only time they use losses is when it's convenient to justify their ranking I think they use wins. I think they look at who you beat, what your resume is, more than any other thing. And if it just so happens that people don't agree with what they what they say, they'll go, oh, well, they lost to them. I don't think it really matters all that much to them that losses. I also think it's a show. I don't think any of these matter until Sunday. Right. You know what I mean? I, I think it's all, a, it's all to build suspense. Yeah. And to build intrigue and to build viewership numbers into what's happening. Is TCU in no matter what? No, they got to win. Man, that's a travesty. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.